Hey, what's up, everybody? You are watching Live Life Free. I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund, and we are live on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we've covered a lot of really heavy topics. Uh, we've had some powerful interviews. We just had Jason Cisneros on. We had the twins on before that. Um, we've covered Pizzagate. We've covered <laughs> Pedogate. We've covered a lot of things that have really uncovered some gross and very uncomfortable conversations. But in the spirit of what the You Are My Light Foundation is about, and that is who presents this broadcast uh, for Live Life Free. This is episode six, by the way. Wow. <laughs> um, in the spirit of what we are all about, which is providing solutions, providing the care for trafficking victims that have been rescued, we haven't talked about patients that heal or victims that have healed, forgive me. Uh, we have not talked about how they go about healing. And I've shared a little bit about myself and my healing journey. Of course, I use mainly Gratitude Unfiltered for that. Uh, shout out to my own talk show. But I want to go into uh, under, how we understand the four stages of healing and recovering from human trafficking. Um, I found an article online. I was sitting here thinking, you know, what, where do I want to go? Because there's so much awful stuff that I have not touched on yet, but I need a break from it. This is not easy content. It's not comfortable content. I don't love this. It was kind of like when we did, my wife and I did the devil inside me. Like I had to tap into some places that I don't really want to go anymore. Um, but in the spirit of what this is about, what this means to me, you know, I do need to cover these hard topics. That said, today we're going to talk about the healing journey. Um, and and, and I, when I was reviewing this, I was pretty blown away. Because some of this is really powerful information, and I don't think a lot of people know it. So with that said, um, we're going to get into the show. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for being here again. If you, We're on the Live Model Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. If you're watching on social media, please share. Please tag somebody. Uh, we're looking for guests. Also, September 30th in Dallas, Texas, uh, we are hosting an event that's going to be live. Uh, it's going to be a live pay-per-view event, uh, but it's also going to be an in-person event. And we would love for you to come. So check out right above my head, youaremylightfoundation.org. Um, so you can find out how you can get tickets. Also, if you're a manufacturer of products out there, um, beauty products, 100% natural products, skincare, bathing products, anything like that, uh, and you want to contribute some products, we have a My Health and Wellness box that we are getting ready to launch. And the money that we raise from that is going to help fund the You Are My Light Foundation mission. So please go to youaremylightfoundation.org, check it out, and we will be right back.
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Live Life Free, presented by the You Are My Light Foundation. I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund, and we're going to get right into this. Understanding the four stages of recovering from sex trafficking. Some of this I'm going to skip over. Uh, I'm just going to get right into the meat of it. Human trafficking is very complex. It's never black and white. These stages were written only as a guide. So we're going to go over this and... And listen, the, the stages, oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry, the human trafficking epidemic, it's not black and white because it's, it's not one size fits all. Some people traffic themselves. I'm familiar with that. Um, some people have their parents sell them. Some people have a family member get them involved. Sometimes they're kidnapped from truck stops. Sometimes they're runaways. Sometimes they are sold by their parents. It depends where you are in the world, but this is just kind of a, a cluster of, 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 of travesty. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's awful and it sucks and it's not black and white. Therefore, that's why it's so difficult for people to be able to, 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 to wrap their heads around this problem and find solutions. But as Jason Cicinero said, who was on the broadcast yesterday, uh, as he talked about, like, we get to work together. We've got to come together. We've got to be willing to fight. We've got to be willing to not only protect our own kids, but look out for other kids. We've got other trafficking organizations, our anti-trafficking organizations, have to start working together and collaborating. We've got to start sharing resources. We've got to quit being greedy. we got to work together and that is the only way we are going to solve this problem and then of course getting rid of the government and starting over could help that's just my thought okay here's stage one that's two fingers stage one victim outcast first they are victims and then they become outcast how many of you out there have been a victim of abuse any kind especially when you're young. I want to talk to the people that have dealt with this when they were young. Go back to that moment. Actually, I don't know if I want you to or not. I, I said that and then I went back to my own moment. I'm like, no, I don't want to go there. But I do know and I can relate 100%. I was a victim and then I became an outcast. I was an outcast because I was scared to talk about what was happening to me. I was scared of being judged. I was scared of being called a fag. I was scared of, I, then just an outcast because I was a deviant sexually. I was a junkie. I was a druggie. I didn't start out that way. I started out as a pretty precious kid. Precious, maybe. I don't know. She talked to my mom about that. She thought I was precious. All right. First, they are victims. Then they become outcast. They were probably abused and or neglected as children, which made it them easy prey. And they were recruited into sex trafficking. They may have never been abused, but they were recruited by a trusting boyfriend, a husband or a potential employer. Yeah, that happens. Like I said, it's not black and white. They are subjected to ongoing trauma which may include one or some of the following. Physical, psychological, and emotional abuse. Beatings, 
degradation, humiliation, torture, rapes, gang rapes. Their health care needs are probably going unmet. That right there is enough to mess up anybody. Heck, the first thing I said, physical, psychological, and emotional abuse, that's enough to wreck you. Then add beatings, degradation, humiliation, torture, rapes, gang rapes, and then not getting proper health care, whether it's mental health care or getting medication, getting proper antibiotics, whatever. And you think about all the drugs that are forced into some of these victims. I would say the majority. Don't know that for a fact, but I would assume, and it's a safe assumption based on what I know about this. It's not having proper health care after dealing with that. I wouldn't wish that on anybody at all. These unaddressed traumas cause any victim to be fearful and to hang their heads in shame. They live in survival mode. How many of you haven't gone through that and live in survival mode? Survival mode is not surviving. I mean, I know you're living, but that's not, I'm sorry. Survival mode is not living. And it sure as heck is not living the life that you were created to live. Absolutely not. While being trafficked, they navigate through life under the victim mindset. They have blinders on and can't see that they're victims. All the while their trafficker is exploiting and abusing them. Their reality is distorted. They believe the empty promises given to them by their trafficker. Hey baby, I'm gonna take care of you. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a nice place to live. Oh yeah, I'm gonna hook you up. I'm gonna take you shopping. I'm going to love you. Your daddy wasn't there for you, but I'm going to be there for you. They become dependent on their trafficker as their protector, providers, or employer. All the while, they're looking forward to a false, bright future. They find excuses for why their trafficker beats them and belittles them as a way to deny the abuse and to remain hopeful about their future. Now, here's the thing. Some of this has happened to you and you haven't been trafficked. So really, this is, I'm talking to, this what I'm about to go over is going to be good. If you've been abused, this is going to be good for you. Because even though this is geared towards trafficking victims, the centerpiece of this is Deception, gaslighting, abuse, neglect. And a lot of us have experienced that. So just because you haven't been trafficked, this does apply to you. They become accustomed to managing the traffickers' moods or emotions to avoid beatings or retaliation. I've had girlfriends say that they did this with me. And I was a nightmare. I probably still am a nightmare. I'm just a little bit less of a nightmare than I used to be. I mean, i not like I used to be. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> healing is complex. It's a journey, and it takes a while. But how many of you relate? Like, you're walking on eggshells around your husband or your boyfriend or, for that matter, your girlfriend or your wife. 
or a parent, can you relate to this? They become accustomed to managing their traffickers' moods and emotions to avoid beatings or retaliation. They don't see this as out of the ordinary, and they justify their traffickers' bad behavior. They believe in their trafficker, and they do everything their trafficker tells them to do. They cooperate with the trafficker when he or she violates them from family, isolates them, when he or she isolates them from family and resources. They don't know how to stand up for themselves. They don't know how to, I'm adding this in here, they don't know how to set boundaries. Uh, Should not have done that. (laughs) They don't know how to stand up for themselves and many times they don't see the need, they don't see the need to. They remain loyal to their trafficker. They have a disproportionate disproportionate need for approval from their abusers because to them, their approvals mean they are safe for now. They believe their trafficker will protect them from the police and or immigration. Traffickers threaten to call police or immigration if their victims don't comply with their demands or keep them happy. Victims may acquire a criminal record as a result of trusting their trafficker or trying to keep him or her happy. They may become drug addicted and are supplied drugs by the trafficker to keep them more controllable. They may have dropped out of school. They believe they don't fit in anywhere, which sets them apart from society, and they suffer from relational poverty. They have no sense of belonging. So I stopped there for a second because I I, I got caught on, like, victims require a criminal record that the they may become drug addicted or supply drugs by the trafficker to keep them more controllable, the controllable part. God, I can't even believe I'm going to say this out loud. But so one of the things that I used to do when I would whore myself out, um, some of the times I would go back because I would get a message sent to me. And in this message, it would be something, it would be like that, you know, some people can't resist donuts, like me, I have a hard time resisting donuts. It's like when I go to church and I feel like I'm in hell because I'm staring at donuts and all I want to do is eat 50 of them. I don't, but I want to. I somehow avoided it this Sunday. But, you know, they, it's really interesting because certain people know your weak spots know how to exploit that and 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 in a way it is a form of control and i did it to myself like i surrendered that control i let people penetrate my boundaries for money or drugs and it's a thing it's a real thing i mean looking at it now it's like what the freak man did i really need to what what is wrong with me right And I accept responsibility for my actions, even though I had all that damage that was done to me. I just looking back at it now as somebody that is on a healing journey, and I I mean, I've I've healed a lot. Healed to be able to function enough to live the life of my dreams, but dadgummit, like, I'm not all the way there. (laughs) 
I just screwed up reading just now. Again, like reading out loud is a challenge for me. That's why I like to read out loud because eventually I'm going to get good at it. Like when I do these broadcasts where I'm taking information from somewhere, like I've got some brain damage. I do. But that controllable thing, God, it's to allow someone else to control you. Of course, then again, how many of you right now have surrendered your power to a government? that wants you dead. Yeah, I said it. They may have dropped out of school. They believe they don't fit in anywhere, which sets them apart from society, and they suffer from relational poverty. They have no sense of belonging. How many of you feel this way? To family and society, they are a disgrace. Some are even trafficked by their own families. They are slut-shamed and outcast. The strong stigma keeps them in their place. They are victimized by authority figures and come to believe there is no hope for them. They come to know all too well the potential corruption and abuse of power that exist in every profession. This adds to their dependency on their trafficker and contributes to their relational poverty. They may come to view those degrees and titles as better than them and more believable. That one right there. How many times do you see somebody that has multiple degrees, they have a higher title, and you submit to them based on their title, but it's like they abuse their power and they use that. They see your submission and they prey on it. They don't respect your boundaries. They violate you because you've allowed them to penetrate your boundaries. And maybe you didn't do it on purpose. Maybe you didn't know your worth. That's that's one surefire way to have your boundaries penetrated is not knowing, not knowing your worth, not seeing yourself as that God sees you. They live in margins of society and their addiction becomes a coping mechanism. They learn to trust no one but their trafficker. They haven't yet considered escaping from their trafficking situation or their abusers, nor have they considered asking for help because they believe that staying with their trafficker is the safest choice they have. They also have a drug habit they need to support. Well, those last two sentences. The devil you don't know, I say this every show, the devil you don't know is better than the devil you don't know. And then the drug habit. When I tell you that I would do anything for meth back in the day, I don't feel shame about it anymore because I know I'm not the only one. But God, that crap. And I, I use these words carefully. But I loved it. I loved it because it took 
say this is reality and it put it back here and it took this back here and put it up here it was like living on earth too for however long all the misery the pain all of it went away and it was just an extreme shot of dopamine and pleasure and lust and evil and darkness and look it didn't start out that way so these victims may not want they may not have wanted the drugs but now that it's in them they're dependent on it and it has a whole a hold of your soul and it won't let go to this day I still have no idea how I stopped and I'm gonna tell you something I there's times that I crave it like people crave a beer or people crave a, a coke there's times that I crave meth like it's water crave it make to the point that it overtakes me and I haven't given in a long freaking time but I'm by far free from that temptation there's there's a reason why the percentage of relapse is so high there's something about it it is like the devil himself is injected into you every time you do it number two survivor at this stage they've already begun to ask for help because they believe they may have a good chance to escape they are beginning to doubt not everybody has this luxury by the way that's why i'm thankful for people like jason cisneros they are beginning to doubt their traffickers seemingly good intentions that he or she is not concerned about their future and welfare they are living in a safe place. They are no longer being victimized or traumatized. They may be experiencing withdrawals, but are working on overcoming their addiction. They have a circle of supporters around them, but in their minds, they're still just surviving because they may be reluctant to fall asleep because of nightmares. Those night terrors suck. I'm they creep back up with me every once in a while, but it's been several months since I've had them, but thank God. They relive the traumas over and over through flashbacks. Now, this is the thing that makes most people go back to drugs. They want that feeling, that experience of reliving the trauma to go away. And in my case, I flip my trauma to pleasure. So what happened to me? I sought out and I get addicted to seeking that out <clears throat> to this day I still don't have a normal relationship with sex how can you your brain doesn't forget you can say I have, the, I have the mind of Christ I have the mind of Christ I have the mind of Christ but guess what memories are still there and I'm sorry if you're a pastor or you're a Christian out there and you're trying to tell me that those memories can get washed away because you have the mind of Christ, please come see me so I can punch you in the head because it's crap. That's not true. Your brain doesn't forget. It doesn't forget. In fact, it's always recording. 
Now, mind you, you can retrain your brain. You can retrain your neural pathways where it doesn't have that power over you anymore. But you know what? You have a night of not getting enough sleep. Maybe you have a few cocktails. It can, it's sneaky. I swear to you, your devil, the devil lives in your brain. I, I swear to you. It just I, <laughs> This brain. Anyway. Okay. They're, okay, so uh, they relive the trauma over and over through flashbacks. The intrusive negative thoughts are overwhelming to them. The shame and guilt and fear overwhelm them. Holy jeez. The fear and the shame. I guess it does. The fear and the shame. That... How much shame do some of you carry? How much guilt do you carry for your past actions, even after God's forgiven you? You haven't forgiven yourself. God forgiving you is the easy thing. Forgiving yourself is impossible. Sometimes, and it, it like. It's like it feels impossible. It's not, but it feels impossible. They don't quite understand their own thoughts and feelings. They may feel like they're living in hiding and they won't allow themselves to truly be seen. They have severe abandonment and trust issues that need to be addressed. Oh, God. Getting through that part, I had to learn. It took a year. In isolation, being alone, to get over that abandonment issue. I had to learn to trust myself alone. Like, talk about trust issues that need to be addressed. My God, I needed to trust myself. I didn't trust myself alone because, well, when I was alone, I would get on my phone, I'd start looking at apps, find drugs and sex, sex and drugs, because I got bored. Couldn't handle looking at myself in the mirror. Couldn't handle being alone. Didn't want to deal with my thoughts. The built-up anger is confusing to them. They experience fleeting feelings of dignity and respect, and they don't quite know what to make of it because they they have never felt dignified or respected before, and they feel like they don't deserve it. Let me tell you something. Men, women, you're coming out of a toxic relationship. Don't go get in another relationship. Because if you have not learned to be able to receive love, receive respect, and receive dignity, you're going to get hunted. Hunted. Because... To this day, I can walk down the street and I can tell you who's been abused. I can see it. I can feel it. I can smell it. And evidently, that's like an empath thing, you know, because you've been through it, you know, and like like attracts like and like knows. And, you know, like even though I've done healing, I know. Like. 
thank God for Jesus because like that same instinct. Now the, the, the instinct that knew that knew how to pray and find women that were going to be screwed up enough to date me is the same instinct that helps me know who to help. Doesn't go away though. And that's a constant check of myself and a spirit check. Because when you sense weakness, it's, 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 I think it's a human reaction or a human like instinct to want to pounce on it. Oh, maybe that's wrong. I don't know. I mean, for me, that's, that's very real. In fact, I'm sure there's someone watching right now that I've talked to that I've said, I got to get off the phone with you. I can smell your weakness. And I, it's making my dark wings flap. Like, I, or this a conversation is going too far. We need to stop. Like, don't. You can't. You can't. I need you to talk to my wife. Because... Sometimes people just have a way of saying things that can awaken a demon. It can trigger a demon. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. I, I, I would love to understand that. But I'm speaking this way with unchecking myself and what I'm saying because that's the reality of it. You can accept it or not, but that's the truth. And I'm, I'm not going to say I'm harmless. Because one decision that I can make can make me go down the deep end again. Okay, so like I speak about this because I feel like it's my duty. So you guys know what to watch out for, for your own children, for yourselves, whatever. They experience fleeting feelings of dignity and respect, and they don't quite know how to make much of it because they have never felt dignified or respected before, and they don't feel like they deserve it. Their minds are spinning with questions about their lives and their mere existence. But now, at least, they are looking for work and going to school or both, and they're safe. They're getting their medical and legal needs addressed. They're learning life skills. They're learning how to budget money, balance a checkbook, cook and drive. Maybe they are perfecting their English. They may be continuing their education in school. They have thoughts of using drugs again to escape the flashbacks to help them sleep or just to feel better. Who can relate to that? From time to time, they're tempted to go back to their trafficker and the life, to what's familiar, because the doubt they doubt their abilities to make it in society. They are counseling and start the process of getting acquainted with their counselor. They have to feel safe with him or her before counseling will be beneficial. Be beneficial. I, I, I've been around a lot of therapists. I've dated a bunch of them. I have no idea why. Like you think they would know to watch out for me, but nonetheless, I have. Um, but some of the counselors I haven't dated that I actually went to. If I didn't trust them, I would manipulate the crap out of that session. And they just let it go. It was a waste of time. Safety is everything. That's why 
with the You Are My Light Foundation, why we are like why we are raising $7.4 million to be able to provide the safe place. Heck, the Libmana Worldwide Foundation, Jessica and I's foundation, and our network, right? We have a program called Voices for the Voiceless. Part of what we're doing is creating a safe place for the youth to come to learn the skills that are necessary to be able to have them prepared for the new world, where we're heading, where media is going, where careers are going and, and combating AI and keeping it from taking jobs. And like part of that is the safe place. Over and over and over again and dating Jessica, like we, like the, the feeling safe was a thing. It mattered. You know, and once that she figured that part out, our relationship and the dynamic of our relationship changed because sometimes when I was weirding out and wigging out and acting crazy, it's because I didn't feel safe. And for some reason, I, I can't explain it. I'm a big dude and I can defend myself. But if I don't feel safe, oh, it, it, it's not it's not a pretty sight. It comes out ugly. So they may, not, they may need to find another counselor or start getting acquainted with the process all over again. Several times, because they, don't, they didn't click with the previous counselor, sounds familiar, they have to click for it to be a fruitful relationship. Finding just the right counselor takes time. They may have to go through many counselors before, before progress can be made in therapy. Victims and the survivors have a hard time recognizing a mutually satisfying relationship even after they've escaped the life. They are still vulnerable to failing, to falling prey to someone who doesn't have their best interest in mind. It is also a reality that some counselors find it too difficult to resist the temptation and take advantage of their clients' naive, being naive, vulnerabilities, disappropriate need for approval, and they re-exploit them. That happens. Doctors do it. Politicians do it. People in leadership do it. Therapists do it. Teachers do it. Some counselors don't understand what sex trafficking victims need therapeutically, and they unknowingly re-exploit them or pass judgment on them. Finding just the right counselor is the hardest part of recovering from sex trafficking. I Again, the $7.4 million isn't just for a building. It's accreditation. It's hiring the right counselors and not just one. Because this proves it. We gotta have, gotta have options. God, my God, the way a therapist can speak and remind you of a molester or an abuser, and it can trigger you and reawaken something inside of you that you don't want woken up. Three, Thriver. This is where I'd like to say, I'm between, well, we'll get to four in a second, but this I relate to. Of course, all of this I relate to because it's so familiar about my own journey. Thriver. They found work, they're employed, they're taxpayers, and they're contributing members of society. And they have their own place and are living more independently and out of survival mode. 
They look forward to a promising future. They're continuing their education or they've graduated. They are now a subordinate at work. They are learning the dynamics of and the true difference between professional and personal relationships. They know their traffickers' true malicious intentions. They're determined to never go back to the life or their trafficker. Through counseling, they're doing the difficult inner work they need to understand. How they fell prey to traffickers. For me and my journey, it was looking back at the steps where I allowed myself to give in or to get triggered or where I maybe slipped. Because, you know, for me, it was Jesus that changed my life. I didn't, I didn't go to counseling. I did the work with me and God and the Bible and Jesus and working it out and using gratitude unfiltered as a therapy session. That's what I did. That's what I do. I still do it. Heck, this may even be therapy. I don't know. <laughs> it's supposed to be investigative journalism, but whatever. What fears are holding them back in life and where they stem from? Their childhood traumas, adult traumas, what their children need from them and how to be a good parent. Man, Jessica help, has helped me learn to be a good father. And now I just, my, I want babies and... I want, you know, my grandchild and my da other daughter and my twins. And like, I, I want as many kids as possible now. My mom's watching. I can handle it now. <laughs> the push and pull dynamics between them and their trafficker, boss, coworkers, family, and friends. What it took for them to escape and survive trafficking. Why they survived. Man, how many times... Like, I mean, I know some of you have been through some serious stuff and you go, how, how did I survive that? It's because God had a plan for you. God has a plan for you. He's not done with you yet. If you're still breathing, God's plans for you still in play. That some consequences of the past are permanent. That's for true. I still deal with the consequences of my past. Like I'm living the life of my dreams amazing things are happening in my life i'm so blessed i still deal every day with the consequences of my past they are facing their fears with help of their counselor and they are processing their traumas during this phase they are really learning a whole new way of communicating they are learning a whole new language trauma escapes language and causes memory loss i'm gonna explain some things so they need help in finding the words to express themselves so they can tell their stories and also so they can process their traumas. Finding the right words to help them turns the flashbacks, triggers of bad memories into just memories that don't haunt them anymore so they can move forward. That's true. That's true. That is absolutely true. Those night terrors, and again, like I, it's gotten to the point that the devil can only, like I obviously, you know, bad thoughts can creep in during the day, but most of the damage the devil inflicts is when I'm sleeping. It's like Freddy freaking Krueger. Finding the right words helps them turn the flashbacks, triggers, bad memories into just memories that don't haunt them anymore so they can move forward. They are learning how to label their emotions. Go within. Listen to their gut feelings and that voice inside them. 
learning to trust your own gut and your instincts and the voice inside you. Man, if that's not a faith building activity, because that for me changed everything. I started being obedient to that voice inside me. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord. Change everything. Express themselves in a respectful way. I'm not perfect at that yet, but I'm learning. <laughs> Set boundaries without being too aggressive or too passive. That's that I'm learning. But that is so important. Boundaries are key. Don't let people break your boundaries down. Because once they broke them down, you're not getting it back. So you got to walk away. Recognize and mend past and healthy relationships. Maintain healthy and present relationship. Develop new healthy relationships. It's a big one. Recognize and let go of unhealthy relationships. That's tough, but it matters. And sometimes you got to let go of people you don't want to let go of. People that have done nice things for you, they were there for you in your healing journey. Sometimes you got to walk away because it doesn't serve you anymore or it's causing you more harm. And just because someone does something nice for you doesn't mean you're in debt to them for the rest of your life. I didn't learn that until about eight months ago, but it matters. Stand up for themselves and recognize when it's necessary. Victims of human trafficking... Victims of human trafficking carry an untold story inside of them they, that even they can't make sense of or put more into words. Articulating their complete stories occurs only in advanced stages of recovery. And here we go. I want to stand up for this one. Not that it looks that much different, but I feel like standing up now. Victor, leader. And before we go into this, Every one of you, God has a purpose for. But those of you who have been, have lived in hell, those of you that know hell, face up, those of you that lived through it, those of you who've got scars and bullet wounds and knife wounds and bruises and scratches and PTSD and DID and BPD and everything else, I'm here to tell you, that you're God's people. The minute you decide to give your life to the Lord, and this is not supposed to be a faith-based program here, but look, this is how I heal. And this is my belief. I know how I've done it. And I know it can be done. And I've stepped into my power. And I'm not all the way there yet, but I've stepped into my power. And I am a force. I'm healed enough that I can go into hell and come back unscathed. And I have to do that for the people that we serve. I get to do that for the people we serve. And so do you. The blinders are off and they've reached the other side. They are leaders of their own lives. They face their fears, process their traumas, came to understand and accept themselves and others. They know they've been victimized and they understand how they fell prey. 
They've acquired good communication skills and they know how to set boundaries and keep them. They are careful who they allow into their lives and they navigate through life with their eyes and ears open. They don't take people only at face value. They look beneath the surface of good and bad behavior, positive and neg negative labels, prestigious titles and degrees. They are no longer easy prey. Others have forgiven them for their wrongs and they've come to forgive themselves and others. Amen to that. That part I freaking love because when, when part of my healing journey was going back to places I fled, places I caused and re just raised hell, getting to repair some of those relationships throughout the years, not all, but some of them, has been one of the greatest blessings of my life. They are no longer easy prey. Others have forgiven them for their wrongs and they've come to forgive themselves and others. They take responsibility for their past choices. They sh the shame has been released and they walk with their heads held high. They are excited about life. They are embracing their survival and are grateful they survived everything they've been through. They want to pass what they've learned onto others. That's, that's the whole point. Why God gives us an opportunity to heal is so that we can heal others with the power of our story, of our testimony, how we healed. We got to heal, but it wasn't even about us. We got to heal so we could heal others. That is awesome. They want to make a difference in the lives of others. They don't have to be leaders in anti-human trafficking work to be viewed as leaders. They can be leaders such as mothers, fathers, and leading their children, or lead a position at work, or they can start their own business and or be leaders in sales of a product or service. It's true. Actually, I've had two the twins on a couple days ago. That's them. They've discovered their potential and they know what their talents are. They know where their strength, strengths and weaknesses lie and they feel comfortable in their own skin. They live boldly with less fear. They face life's crises with discernment and by reaching out to their supporters and resources. They aren't afraid to ask for help when they know they need it. They don't take people only at face value. They understand that crisis and hard times are only temporary, just as much as good times are. They look at the big picture and they see hope in everything they set out to accomplish or overcome. They may still have bad dreams. Yes, it's true. Sometimes have them. But they wake up knowing they are safe. That's also true. The bad memories that used to trigger them into becoming fearful again are now just memories and no longer haunt them. They know what they like and don't like, and they have found the words to accurately express it. The fear of public speaking subsides only with experience. During this stage, they may have already had public speaking training or experience. And here's the thing. Most of you, out there. And this is why the Live Model Worldwide Foundation exists. This is why we've partnered with 
You Are My Light Foundation is because a lot of the jobs or careers that are available, a lot of, I, I believe that why you went through some of the trauma, because I do believe there's a purpose in everything. Like maybe a job wasn't for you. Maybe you were to be a spokesperson. Maybe you were to be a talking head. Maybe you were just meant to get paid to be you. In my case, that's the case. I mean, of course, I have other skills. I do the media stuff. But like, like some of you were designed to write books, make movies, have talk shows, speak on stages, be counselors. Because your story matters. And why we teach media is because if you know media, you can monetize anything. Heck, if you know media and you're a back hair shaver, guess what? You got a career. But if you don't know media, you don't you get no chance. I mean, maybe a small one, but you really need to know media. And moving forward, everyone needs to know media. Some may have court cases pending and are not at liberty to talk about them and therefore cannot tell the whole story. Hmm. Some may have legal issues and trigger trauma issues addressed and can now tell the whole story and even change the way their story ends. Okay, so that was keep in mind. Um, Oh, we do not all fall prey to traffickers in the same way, nor do we escape in the same way. All of our stories are unique. Every story is unique. So, This is why, this is why it's so important for you to share your story. And I don't care if you've been trafficked or not. Your story is unique. Your story matters to somebody else. Not everybody can hear, handle my story. Not everybody can. My story is pretty, like, my story is, my story is very uncomfortable. But, It's mine and it's unique and it's meant for certain people. Your story is meant for certain people. So if I can do anything to support you in that front, if you're somebody that is a survivor of human trafficking or you're in the fight to fight against human trafficking, please message me. Thank you for watching folks. This has been Live Life Free. Um, And also, this is understanding the four stages of recovery from sex trafficking. So put this link uh, on the website for you. You guys can find it. Go to livemonoworldwide.org. And thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Take care.